Oh, look at that. I knew something about a punk band. Just some old fat drunk dudes jumping up and down. <laughs> this tree just planted itself right on top of the cement. I did watch a YouTube video today. My dad mashed potatoes of Enema Chris Carava. Aaron doesn't know who Chris Carava <laughs> is. It's so good. That's great. Uh, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jesse. How's it going? Sipping a cup of coffee here. Things are going pretty good. I know we're sipping. We are in sync on our coffee sips. Yep. Oh man. Hey, we've got a we've got a cool one for you. Um, by the way, everyone, uh, welcome back to an episode of the Punk Tree. This is uh, Jesse and Mike, but not Aaron this morning. No, we fired Aaron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, that he got fired. The worst. <laughs> uh no aaron is on vacation um and we have um we've had to stack up episodes a little bit here and aaron's out with his family which is great you know what i i like him so much i do too he's a pretty good guy he's a pretty good guy i'm not supposed to say that i'm supposed to say like uh that guy uh (laughs) because he gives me a hard time and i give him a hard time but you know what i like that guy yeah, so we we have a pretty cool um, interview coming up. Uh, a few weeks ago, we got to hang out and talk with um, the band American Arson, um, who has a new album coming out, which we will talk about a lot. We'll talk about it quite a bit, and we'll play a few tracks from it. Um, and we were hoping, actually, that this would come out uh, maybe a week or two ago. Um, but, uh, but then George Floyd was was murdered. And uh, that kind of like changed what we were um, going to put our passion into um, and there for, for a bit. And so we, uh, we recorded and released a, a different episode that just came out a few days ago with our friend Kwaku, uh, which I, I thought was a great conversation um, for sure. Yeah, I think, yeah, we, we rearranged some of those episode orders. And um, today is July 2nd recording this intro, um, but... Uh, their 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 album's going to be coming out uh tomorrow july 3rd and we'll definitely be encouraging you guys to go uh make an order for that get those support those guys um but um the conversation we recorded with evan and jesse from american arson um was was done i i want to say about six weeks ago like mike said we recorded the conversation before george floyd was murdered and so um some of the stuff uh, around that doesn't really come up in the discussion as i'm sure it it would have it's the kind of thing that that evan and jesse uh, would have been passionate about uh speaking to um but it doesn't come up because uh when the conversation happened it those events had not happened yet right right so um we'll we'll get off to it um there this is a longer episode again uh something we value just if if we have a guest on we want to let them speak and hear their voice um and they share some really great thoughts about about the album that's coming out, um, about music, songwriting um, in general. We have a pretty good nerdy conversation with Jesse and I and uh, Evan about guitars and music equipment. Um, and also to just share like the purpose behind their music. And I think a, a really important thing to us is like how being an artist um, has been kind of a, a filter for for Evan from American Arson as, uh, as he's like, tried to process things that are going on in the world um 
while also being a creative person. So we hope you enjoy it. We'll kind of jump into it. I mean, I think there's so many things that we have been noticing as we've been digging, not just through like a couple of the new tracks that we've gotten a chance to hear, but like going backward and looking at some of the other stuff that you guys have put out. Um, so we'll kind of do all that. And um, and also you might catch on, like I think the why is really important to all of us. Um, and so the, the purpose behind it, like it can, it can sound amazing um, and we can jump around to it but the why is significant. Um, and so we'll probably get to that too. Yeah. So <clears throat> like I said, in our email, we like to kick these things off with, uh, what are we listening to lately? So, uh, Jesse, you want to tell us what kind of stuff you've been putting in your ears lately? So we actually have like on the bottom of our Spotify profile, a playlist of 25 songs for each of us that we are just like currently listening to. Uh, not necessarily like all time favorites, but just like current stuff that we're hearing pop up that we were throwing on our rotation. Um, so it makes it makes it easy for me when people ask for recommendations or something like what you know what I'm hearing and and everything. I honestly, a lot of mine are just things I hear on uh, like the suggested Spotify playlist. They're super handy. <laughs> like they. I find so many bands and I'm like, Oh, this is so rad. And then I'll like look them up and they're like a local band from, you know, out on the West coast that yeah. has like a thousand followers and that I would have never heard of otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is sick. Yeah. I was actually looking at both of your playlists on Spotify and, and there's a bunch of stuff on there that I, I really dig. One of the ones that caught my eye was uh day seeker. Oh yeah. They're like a local band. We're in Southern California. They're, they're from down here. Yeah. They're incredible. They, they've been blowing up lately and they're it, much deserved. Um, I mean, I know for me, one of the best releases, like full album releases I've heard in a while is from a band called dragged under. Um, they're incredible. Um, super heavy, but um i love that record that whole record is like one of the first i've heard in a while like heavy ones at least i can just listen to straight through from beginning to end like over and over not get bored of it yeah i've been i've been jumping around a lot um I've been listening to um, this band called House and Home. They just dropped an album. Uh, it, I, I want to make sure I get it right, so I'm going to look. It's uh, Fine Sense, Feel Love, Make Light. Um, good stuff. It reminds me of uh, early balance and composure. Maybe not quite as depressing as that, but um, yeah, really good. And then uh, for fans of like melodic hardcore, um, a uh, a band called Motives. They just put out an album called Death Throws. That would that would have been like late March, I think. Listen to that. Um, and then I've been writing a lot. Um, not music, just uh, just actually writing prose, and um, it helps me a lot to have music on. But um, 
not music with lyrics uh, because that kind of takes my brain in a different direction. So um, I've been listening to a lot of Old Solar. They're a, a post-rock band that we had a chance to see at Audio Feed last year. Um, and uh, yeah, they're, they're incredible. Um, they have an album uh, that is uh, based on the Four Seasons, but I mean, all of their stuff is really good. Uh, if you're into post-rock, if you're into instrumental stuff, maybe um, uh, if you're a fan of something like Explosions in the Sky, but I would say heavier than that, maybe closer to like Caspian kind of kind of vibe. You feel like you guys just handed us like the cornucopia, which is great. That's why we have these playlists. People just kind of see what we're inspired by. And um, I don't know, maybe, you know, somebody can find a, a cool band on there. Or try to mix it up, have some um, bands that people know about and then some bands that I don't think people know about um, so that, you know, people can, people can uh, find some new stuff. Yeah. So you mentioned writing. Is that a is that a background of yours, or is it something that you you dabble um, with? It's something that I've uh, that I've done for a while. Um, but this uh, whole quarantine process is kind of um, just you know giving me the time to really sit down and and um, invest the time and energy into it that I've always wanted to. Um, usually the, the craziest time of the year for me personally uh, and so this is a little bit of a curveball right now so um trying to be productive this uh the the project the writing project that i'm working on right now uh is something that will eventually come into the american arson realm um but it's not music so <laughs> i don't want to say a, a whole lot about it because um we have ideas the world to me is when uh <laughs> is when somebody talks about something that is on the horizon for, and it stays on the horizon forever. Uh, and there's, and there's no ever, uh, impending, um, release date or anything like that. So once I'm confident, I can actually finish this thing, then, uh, then I'll start talking about it a little bit more, but for now I'm writing, it's not music. So <laughs> that's all. So are you doing like a reverse code in Cambria where they wrote a comic and then based their music on it? So you're writing music and then basing the story on it? I've actually been, yeah, I love, I love Coheed and I'm on my bookshelf that you can barely see back there. I have um, every, every comic or graphic novel of the entire uh, Emory Wars series. Wow. So we're super into um, Coheed. I actually started this writing project before, um, before the band uh, and I stole the name of the band from um, from the writing project. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I know it's gonna tie in in some way, um, but uh, I, I don't think we're probably gonna um, be dropping uh, a volume after volume of a <laughs> massive uh, a comic book universe. Uh, I don't know if we could pull it off, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so would you guys mind talking a little bit about how you guys kind of came to this point together? I mean, I know it's been sort of a long road and American Arson has been around for a while, but 
but now you're at a kind of a different point than you were what you start five-ish years ago is that is that about right five together he started the band just before i joined and he can probably speak more to that but i joined full-time about like a year or so after i was hiring a drummer uh uh, he was he was a great guy and we you know it was it was fun but uh, we're coming home from tours and stuff and and um, the paying a touring musician was really cutting into uh, opportunity to to make any sort of a profit um, which when you're a new band is really important because you can um, not to not to live on so much but to constantly reinvest back into the band yeah. and make sure that you can really get the gen rolling. Um, and then he was also jamming with his own band. Um, so, uh, you know, availability was an issue and stuff like that. And I had gravitated toward the solo project idea just because I was in a band um, and things were, were going well and had a lot of buzz and we were touring quite a bit. And it was really just deteriorating relationships that caused the downfall of the band. And um, it wasn't everybody's fault. We were just kind of all spending way too much time, uh, way too much on the road. And um, so I, I kind of got it in my head that I wanted to just minimize um, the amount of individuals that were involved, but I, I've never really um, been passionate or excited about playing solo acoustic music or anything like that. So that sort of set me on the path of how can I create a full band environment, trying to limit the, the moving pieces. And the um, amount of people we have to share pizza with when we're on Yeah, tour. people you have to share anything with. Yeah, that's very important. When I first started touring, and you know, not that I, not that I'm, don't like, you know, being around people or, or social, but I, I had a, um, I had a Ford Ranger and it didn't even have uh, the extended cab. It was just like the straight across. Oh. <laughs> so like, you know, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere with a four piece band. If you've got a Ford Ranger, but I got this trailer and I had a, a Ranger and we could put two people in it. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, that at that point, I kind of, I kind of uh, realized that um, it would have somebody that was equally invested uh and uh, and like i said the guy who i was hiring was he was doing more and more with his own band um so it just kind of made sense uh put the word out that i was looking for somebody and and jesse responded to the uh the call and we kind of did a little a little sort of audition type thing but really we just talked more than we actually played um and and yeah at that point we became an actual an actual band i guess when you first got together with with jesse did did you guys click right away you said you talked a lot was that something that took a little time it seems like you guys are fans of of rival uh football clubs uh yeah as you can probably see my manchester united flag in the back that was uh that was my Jesse uh, flag right there yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I caught on to that, uh, that you guys had had those opposing teams, but uh 
Yeah. How, how were you able to get along? I, he forgives me for being a lifelong United supporter, and I forgive him for being a, a lifelong Chelsea supporter, even though he made the wrong choice. But no, we. Uh, it helps. It, it's really easy when United never wins anything of import that i mean we do <laughs> have more really really easy we we do have we do have more league titles than anyone so uh yeah know. it's just been a really really long time since any of those happened but well i i was gonna go put on my ohio state sweatshirt oh, but ah, i thought man. that would be even we're, worse. we're both gonna have to click out of this meeting <laughs> if that happens <laughs> no it's uh but like like you said i mean we started touring together in a Ford Ranger like you know if you're gonna be if you're gonna be cooped up with someone for that much time on the road you want to you know be able to have a good time with them be able to hang out with them and stuff like that and get along and um see eye to eye on on different things and and so that made a huge difference and and I think you know we both you know knew (laughs) we were good decent musicians but you know being able to meet and just hang out for an evening and, and also jam the songs was, was big because you know we could you could be the best musicians in the world but if you don't get along you know how many bands have broken up over personal differences you know as yeah. much as musical differences Yeah, I think um, first and foremost, uh, being a storyteller uh, is important to me. Um, and when you when you're willing to be authentic about what's going on in your life, um, instead of coming at it from the perspective of I want to write a song about this because I think other people will care. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I understand, you know, uh, pop music is is popular for a reason. Um, people uh, who write pop music um, or even, you know, pop metal or whatever it happens to be, will sit down and think about their target demographic, um, think about the people that are going to hear it, and then um, try to write for those specific people. So I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not speaking negatively about that approach, but I think I've always been drawn towards the authenticity of, of a storyteller, um, somebody who speaks from the experience of their life. And so we get a lot of people that'll ask us, you know, what we're all about. And, um, you know, the, the faith question comes up a lot, stuff like that. And I just like to tell people, if, if you listen to our music, you'll see it's, it's just life uh, in, in music. Whatever's happening um, to me uh, makes it onto the page. Uh, in some form or fashion. And I think that that's something that we can identify with and that in the long run, people will appreciate that if you're willing to share from an authentic place. And, and if, you're, if you're willing to take a chance and talk about something that uh, you don't, you know, maybe you don't know how people are going to take it. There's, there's several songs on the album that we have coming out where, um, you know, it was a few things that were weighing heavy on me. I put them out there. I have no idea how they're going to be received, um, but I had to be authentic. I can't have something brewing in my mind and then not put it on the page. Um, that that method doesn't work for me. So, um, so that's number one. And then and then number two, um, 
the technicality, uh, musicianship, um, like the sick riffs, like you were talking about, I've never really been drawn to that, to be honest. Um, I, I love melody. I love harmony. I love, um, I, and that's, that's certainly not to say that I don't appreciate that level of talent. Certainly not to say that, um, I don't understand why other people like it. I do. Uh, but when, when I listen to a song, um, you know, a, a simple melody is ju it's just as likely to grab me as, um, you know, somebody shredding away. And I think the the bands that can mix the technicality uh, with the simplicity are the ones that I'm drawn to. You know, we mentioned Coheed and Cambria already. Um, we all know that they're incredible musicians, but they can also just write um, a, a super catchy chorus. Um, and so that kind of stuff to me, um, I'm not sitting down and thinking, how can I show off my chops here um i'm thinking what what should fit in in this particular section of the song um and and i know i'm not like you said not jamming out like uh folks <laughs> folksy on an acoustic guitar or anything like that but i think that people who find their roots um in that storytelling aspect have always drawn me in um a band like the gaslight anthem uh that can um you know just play some chords that you've probably learned pretty early on in your guitar playing career and um and sing some melodies that uh that get your attention and now all of a sudden you're listening to what this guy really has to say um so that's always been my approach while understanding that it doesn't make it right uh, or somebody else's approach wrong uh it's just the way that we go about things and um the way we've chosen to tackle things Yeah, it's, it's, we have a, I mean, different, I know different bands do, do stuff a little differently in their, in their writing process. I know there's, there's some bands where like, like literally everything is already written out and they just show up in the studio and play the part that was written for them. And, you know, that's pretty much it. Or some people that will sit in a room and just kind of, you know, each, you know, tour around on their instrument until they find something they like or, you know, but we... Evan will kind of come up with an idea for a song, a structure for a song, um, and then send me a demo and be like, hey, like, yeah, came up with this one, you know, let me know what you think, and like, and I'll, I'll hear it, I'll jam do it a little bit, I'll have him send me one thing I always do, because um, he'll, he'll like kind of program in some, some drums and it, like, just like little beats he's hearing in his head, just to give me like an idea, it's not always what what ends up being on the final track, but like, here's kind of what I'm feeling. Um, but then I always have them send me a, a, a track with, without the drums, a demo without the drums. Cause I like to like play along and listen along to the music without any drums to it. Um, even if I'm just in the car driving and hearing it without the drums and kind of picturing in my head, like what, what could fit with this. And, and, uh, one of my favorite drummers of all time, um, not even just from like a, like a, a riffage uh, perspective or from how crazy he is live, but just from watching and how he serves the song is, is Ash Stone. Um, and he does such a good job of, of playing to the song. And just for me, hearing the music without the drums really helps me kind of process that 
um, and, and try and think like what fits along with what Evan's playing, uh, what he's singing vocally, if there's like a huge like like yell or a scream he does that needs to be, you know, emphasized or something, you know, it's so it, it's kind of a mixture between the two where we he'll send me something out, I'll, you know, kind of send him some edits back, like here's what I'm feeling. And he may say like, hey, I have this guitar part, like an unbreakable where you're talking about that punk beat. Like I'm really feeling like this fast punk beat. And so I'm like, yeah, 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 I agree. I dig that. Like, and, and then it's just about like, how can we go from that, that intro transitioning into that punk beat um, and trying to find a fill or in that case, it, it breaks and rings out and just comes in really hard um, and allows kind of the intro and, and the verse to be separated a bit and both to kind of have their own space. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it varies song to song. Um, there, there's, there's times Evan will be like, like, this has to be a punk beat. Like, I just, like, this needs to be a punk beat. It sounds sick. And there's times where I'm like, this still has to go here. Like, we have to, or, or this has to cut and come in hard. Like, it'll sound a truck. Like, it's a, and that's also part of what Matt McClellan, the guy who produced this record, um, he's done some records for bands like Being in, as an Ocean and stuff before that we're huge fans of. And, um, he helped us a lot with with saying like nah guys just just do this like trust me like no like and sometimes it would be agreeing with evan sometimes it would be agreeing with me and sometimes it would be something that neither of us thought of and that's a whole other part of it too both from the drummers and and guitarist perspective i think is having someone that that we could we could we could trust like their their brain and what they were hearing too of saying no just do this trust me it's gonna it's gonna serve the song best like it's gonna sound sick so it's it comes from a little bit of everywhere i guess is there a is there any project that uh ash stone has worked on that that is particularly either inspiring to you or like that catches your ear is just something that influences you the most Shoot, man, I honestly, like, he's done so much work for, for everybody, like, like, everybody in, like, top 40 mainstream music, as well as just, like, doing session work for God knows how many people, um, but honestly, some of the most fun I have watching him is just, like, the little YouTube and Instagram videos he posts, and he'll be just jamming along to a groove, or, you know, sometimes it's a song for, he's recorded beats for people like Adele and stuff even but like there's sometimes it'll be like a a instrumental track from a song like that that he's actually recorded drums to or sometimes he'll just be pulling down like a random like groove or fill or something and just kind of jamming along to it for 60 seconds and it's just so cool so it's not necessarily like any big project specifically he's working on but sometimes it's just the simple stuff that he's putting on social media even yeah just the little fills and like transitions we've had a chance to listen to uh, a couple of tracks um the sound is enormous <laughs> and I, I think that is probably the hope and the goal 
Um, wall of sound, right? Wall of sound. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. Um, but also (laughs) the themes that at least emerged in, you know, King is alive, which was, which was released on Easter, um, or put, that's when I saw it. Um, Mm-hmm. and unbreakable are are some actually similarly enormous themes that are very simple um and so there's like that dichotomy there of like you know i watched your rig run down um you know i was like i like Whoa. lost it to, to to jesse the other jesse about like i'm like you have to hear the <laughs> ebo like demo it is just i think i said it's gorgeous <laughs> was the word i said oh man um <laughs> Evo is fun, man. I love it. Yeah. yeah, same. Yeah, and so I like. I'd love to hear about like how that sound evolved into this album. Um, I know some of the older like work, previous work was similar stuff, but maybe a, a little like a little bit more, um, a little bit more tame, especially than Unbreakable, because Unbreakable mm-hmm. comes through as like wow. Um, and I wonder also like that video being released in a time like I'm assuming you created that during this quarantine or at least right next to it. And it's like, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As everything was taken off, but it looks like it's in your home or in your like practice space. Yeah. It's in our rehearsal space. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that resonates with people because everyone is kind of cooped up and then there's here these guys that are just like blowing the top off of like, this this relatively small space <laughs> with a wall of like cabinets and you know and big drums and so um maybe a little bit about like what what how did you arrive at the album you mentioned wrestling with some themes um you know people out there have heard a couple of tracks but everything's on its way pretty soon yeah um yeah i think it it'll probably be one of those albums that makes more sense when when the whole thing um is out uh but at the same time, you can listen to a song and understand that for what it is um, and, you know, understand that piece of it. It's not a concept album, so uh, you don't, you know, you don't need every track to make sense of it. But, um, you know, one of the themes, the, the album's called The Line in the Sand. One of the themes is just sort of about, um, you know, it's about the boundaries um, either that we set up for ourselves, the, the healthy ones, the unhealthy ones, the ones that we set um, but between us and someone who we perceive to be different than us, um, the ones that we set between ourselves and maybe uh, a place we don't want to go back to. Um, and, and then also, um, it's about those times where we understand that those boundaries need to move. And uh, that's one of the reasons it's a line in the sand, um, you know, uh, being willing to, to take a stand, um, but also being willing to admit when you're wrong. Um, so I, I, I said once before to somebody asked it, the line in the sand, it's not a line in the concrete, right? It's not permanent. Um, it's, it's uh, something that you feel um, that you feel deeply about. Um, you feel deeply about uh, standing your ground in that, in that position, but you're also willing to be flexible and willing to continue to learn because we know we're not finished products. So, um, so that, you know, from a, from a, lyrical push perspective i guess that's kind of the ten thousand foot view um musically uh on this one um i i really tried to come at it from a, a position of um for those of us who or for those people who have heard us before they, they're probably familiar with the live looping that we do 
Um, and and so if you're if you're not a musician or if you if you're not not a guitar player, uh, live looping is basically where a guitarist will play a part. Um, he'll record that on a little foot switch, um, press the switch, play that part back, and then play a different part over that. Uh, and so it's a way to layer sounds um, without having tons and tons of musicians, and, and we do that all live. So that's pretty fun until I make a mistake, and then the mistake repeats a thousand times. But um, for for this album, I tried to really challenge myself to um, to write guitar parts, to write songs that would sound um, huge and would sound full without uh, necessarily having to use the live looping. So um, we ended up with way less live looping than what we usually have on an album. So typically, um, you know, it'll be on every song or almost every song. And on this and on this one, it's less than half the album that has live looping. Um, so just kind of experimenting with with different stuff like that. How can I, you know, stack my two guitar amps and my bass amp to to create a massive tone without necessarily having to to get back to the live looping because um, there are constraints with that. You know, there's parts that need to be repeated, um, and and um, you know, so just wanted to to really just stay true to each song and 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 use what that song needed. And if it needed a, a live loop, then cool. And if it didn't, then uh, we went without it um, and maybe went a, a different direction. Uh, Matt McClellan produced the album is excellent um, with, uh, you know, we, we brought in some ideas for some some keyboard parts, um, some string parts, some stuff that I had done on my own at home in the pre-production. Um, and then he was able to kind of expand that or uh, change up some patches that I'd been using and, and just um, bring really bring them to life. Um, and so you know, um, moving the focus a little bit away from the live looping kind of a, a allowed us to be creative in other areas like that. Um, but yeah, we one thing that we have always said is that we don't want to sound, we don't want the uh, the compliment after the show. You guys sound really full for a two piece. We just want somebody to say you sound full, uh, period. And and so um, that was a big uh, piece of it for me when we went in, you know, and talking to Matt about how are we going to do this bass. Um, and explaining to him, you know, what what process I go through to come up with my bass tone um, and, and basically saying, I'm not bringing a bass guitar into the studio. It's not going to happen because I'm not going to do that live. So here's what we have to work with. Um, and then and then figuring out how to make that fit within, um, you know, modern production that obviously where obviously the low end is is a huge part of the sound, especially in this genre of music. And you can't really go without that. Um, so that did was you really fun. <clears throat> did you play straight through the signal or did you did you reamp a lot? Uh, we we mostly are you talking about the bass side or the guitar side? Well, e either one, I guess. Yeah, we mostly uh, on the bass side. It was mostly playing straight through. Um, so when I play live um, on the bass side, I have a uh, I'm playing. I'm usually in drop B, sometimes in drop A. I'm playing through a guitar amp. I'm also playing through a bass amp, which is going to pick up a lot of those low, um, you know, subharmonics kind of. Um, but then I also have the lower octave blended in. So I, I use a I use a um, a micropog live uh, in the studio. It made more sense to use the the, the program um, or the the plugin that Matt had on board. Um, but basically to bring in a blend of that lower octave. Um, and so it, it the bass is actually making two sounds at that point. Um, one where it's following the guitar, but just sort of in a, in a way that emphasizes the lower end. 
um, and another one that is that lower octave. Um, and I, I would say that anybody that listens to the record, that nobody would say, oh man, I need more low ends in this. It was actually kind of funny because we put the single out and there wasn't a single person that said anything about, oh, this, this needs bass or this needs low end or something like that. That's not true. And then... It is no, it has, it is absolutely it's not true. It's, it's absolutely. Go look in the comments. You gotta well, if you you gotta let me finish. <laughs> you gotta let me finish. So the single came out five days before the video. Nobody said a word about there's no low end. This needs low end. This needs bass or anything like that. Then the video came out five days later, and everybody can see that there's only two dudes and that nobody's playing a bass guitar. And now this is what Jesse's talking about. People commented, "Oh man, this needs a bass. This needs a bass." Well see the two of us with no bass going on you would have never said that because you would have never known in a million years um so i, I think that's just kind of one of those funny like subconscious things where you're where especially especially purists who see you play the telecaster and they're like what are you doing like, oh yeah we, 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 we got, got a, those. We got a <laughs> comment that was like like what was it it was like hey the 90s called and they want your backwards hat and tell get out of here or something like that i was like they okay, said, so you know how stupid you look playing metal riffs on a Telecaster. Like, well, well, I don't know, I don't know like, if we've I, ever been described I, as metal before, but uh, <laughs> but okay. no, you're just yeah, you're it's, just it's, enormous. It's, like, it's your genre is huge. <laughs> we we almost have fun with it now. We just laugh at it. We're yeah. not. We are definitely not those people that uh, go to go to you know get into the keyboard wars or anything like that. I just it's for I just enjoy trolling them with gifts. It's it's just it's just fun, honestly. It's just fun to fun to go along with it and agree with them, and then they're super taken aback by the fact that you actually like you you didn't get super pissed off by it, and they're like, oh well. I I actually had one guy made a comment like like something along those lines, and I responded to him with a gif in the lines like, shoot, man, yeah, you're right. And he was like, he, he like totally back tried to backtrack and was like, well, I mean, actually, like, it's not bad for the genre, you know, oh, and I think on. some other people I know might like it. So I'm going to share it with them. And I was just like, all right. Okay. You, you guys should release an, like a, a second version of the video where you're on like a jazz kit with brushes and Evan has like a classical <laughs> acoustic guitar, but it's the same sound. Right. True. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We had, we had one, if we, we have a group message where we just share screenshots of people asking if we need a basis or oh, I bet. we're looking yeah. for another. And just like, if we had a, if we had a dollar for every person that asked if we need a basis or if we're ever going to add any more members we have made more money than we ever will on our music <laughs> I was going to ask, and I think you answered my question, if you used, if you used baritone at all on the record. Um, there, there is like that feel of like the baritone guitars have a little bit of a jangle yeah. thing, you know? So I, I use baritone guitar strings, um, but I don't use a baritone guitar yeah. because of the scaling. Um, my hands are kind yeah. of small. So bar baritone guitar scale wouldn't work for me. But um, I did a lot of research before... Um, stringing that up, uh, basically, is this going to harm my guitar? Um, and what I found out was that, um, you know, guitars can handle neck tension way, way beyond what, what we think they can. And also that when I use baritone strings, um, which they're baritone light gauge, 
uh, and then tune it all the way down to drop B that the tension is actually pretty similar to somebody using normal light gauge strings and, and being um, in standard tuning. Um, so the intonation stays really good um, on the guitar, but I don't have to uh, have uh, you know a larger scale guitar, which probably wouldn't agree with my small hands. So <laughs> did you have to modify the nut at all? No, I didn't. Uh, well, okay, yeah, I did have to. Um, I did have to sort of. Uh, I basically just used the string itself. Um, only on the only on the bigger three strings. Yeah, I've just used the str the string itself. Just kind of like you know, think of like a, those old school uh, lumberjacks. So there's two guys on the side. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I just I used it. that and just kind of, um, and you know, made sure it wasn't sticking in there. Um, so yeah, that that's uh, that's basically the only modification I guess that I've made. Man, I love that. I think like anybody who's out there who's trying to do this stuff, you don't need to take your guitar in for like a two hundred dollar setup with the tech. Yeah. To, to change your yeah, strings or something you like, can go on youtube and it. you can and you can experiment and, and really i mean when this started um i was playing 11s uh and we were tuned to drop c uh and you know I, there were times where i was pulling the 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 c string the the lowest string i was pulling it off the top of the fretboard um, and then also after uh, like the first couple of tours, I realized that I was just so close to the top of my vocal range at all times. Um, and that, that pro like if for a four day run, that's probably fine. But for a longer tour than that, uh, I was probably yeah. gonna end up destroying myself because we don't, we've talked about this before too in other interviews, but I don't do like the, the put on vocal yells or screams or anything. Like if you hear me yelling or screaming, it's an actual, uh, full-throated yell or scream. So um, I think on the third EP, which for people who don't know, we put out these three back-to-back-to-back uh, -back -back EPs right at the beginning that we now call the Origin Story Trilogy. And I think beginning on the third one is when we started tuning to drop B um, and the world just, everything just got so much easier at that point. So. sing hard man i mean i and i think that's part of the 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 liking that we've been having is it's just real um and and you mentioned this a little bit ago uh that on the new record there are some themes that you're you're wondering how people are gonna receive mm -hmm. like I, I i can feel that like how scary it is to put it out there um i think the the conviction in your voice has been something throughout the projects that's like, oh man, like he's not full of it. Like, <laughs> like, he, like he, believe, he believes this, whatever it is, or he's really wrestling with this. And I think that word wrestling is, I'm wondering about that. Like, what are those things right now that you guys are, you're wrestling with? Um, are you talking about in the album or just in life? Yeah, yeah. well, I, I maybe one, maybe both. I don't know what like time span this is. Like some people write yeah. records for years. Yeah, that's um, a good point. So I I like to wait as long as I possibly can to write lyrics. Um, a, some things come early to me, um, you know, as as the songs come in. But what we'll usually do 
like Jesse was telling you guys about that process of kicking demos back and forth and stuff. What I will usually do is I'll write the, the vocal melodies, but without actual lyrics, I'll write them with scratch lyrics. Yeah, you should hear our you should hear our scratch lyrics. They're all about pizza and on this one. And uh, honestly, when I listen to the songs now, I still find myself just singing about eating different kinds of pizza. Uh, I'm like, shoot, that's not the yeah. Lyrics. It was it was ten ten tracks of uh, scratch lyrics that the only two themes that showed up in the scratch lyrics were pizza or not having lyrics like there are parts where saying i don't i don't have lyrics for this part um and and so i i i started doing this um a long time ago and i don't i think for me um when we go in to to do the 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 lyrics when, when it's time to record the vocals i want everything to be really really fresh um i want the feelings that i'm having to be really really fresh i want to have never even sung the thing that i'm going to sing um with the actual lyrics so the melody is there um you know so i i've, I've practiced that part but i haven't actually delivered my message ever before um until that that point we don't play new songs um live we don't we don't we don't write a song and, and play it um before it's recorded uh, and released or anything like that um so there is really no refining process go in there and and this is the first time that i'm going to deliver this message and i don't know if that has any um impact on the way that it comes across i would like to think that it does um but that's the only way that we've we've done things so, so i'm not really sure just how we feel comfortable yeah i i feel like that's going to get the most authentic me you're not going to get a take of, of me you know, performing something, you're going to get the conviction that I have about that thing because I I, I probably just wrote it. So I even held off um, writing. I, I started writing the lyrics, I think, uh, the first day that we went into the studio. Uh, uh, for those who have never been through the recording process, it's um, typical for drums to be recorded first. And so while Jesse was, was recording his parts, um, I was really diving into the lyrics. And that's not to say that I don't have a lyric here or there, right? I mean, um, there there's some things that where you know you're there would be concept. songs with like a verse but no chorus or something yeah. like that. Yeah, know? there's there's like keystone concepts, just like you know you want to talk about this thing, or maybe you have a line. Um, but yeah, the the lyrics for me were were something that I put put out uh put or put on the page right before um the recording process and then in terms of you know what we're wrestling with um i i think that um you know that line in the sand theme that that theme of of the walls and, and the boundaries um and, and everything around us both literal and figurative i mean there's songs um like unbreakable um which uh is, is really about um feeling like you've put something in the past and then having it come back around and having to deal with it again um and, and and you know getting to that point where you can say look i'm 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 drawing this line i'm not going back to that spot again i'm not going to do that i already won that fight i'm not doing that again uh and then you know um more more literal types of borders and walls and stuff like that we, we do discuss on this album um how do we treat people from a different country um how do we treat people who are, are born into a, a different situation than we are um, and so, you know, we talk about child exploitation on this album. We talk about um, 
immigrants, uh, refugees. Um, and uh, the very the very first song, and I, I guess it's not a secret anymore because people could see the track list now um, up on Apple on Apple Music where they uh, put the whole basically the whole album and then gray out all the songs that haven't been released yet. So the very first uh, song on the album is called "The End," um, and it's just sort of my ruminations on uh, man, if we can't if we can't find any uh, commonality with anybody but um, but people who look and think and act exactly like us, yeah, maybe this is the end. Um, and and so those are kind of the, the, the concepts. Um, and personally, I, I like to talk about this stuff and I like to explain it, but we don't like to talk at shows very often. We like to play our music. That's what people are there for. Um, very often we will play straight through with, uh, 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 people want to come talk to us after right. and like t tell us why like a song is connected with them or like ask what a song is about we definitely don't don't shy away from uh going in depth about it or having that discussion with someone um, yeah but also nobody gives us more than 30 minutes so <laughs> if you're only going to 30 minutes we better use that whole thing but the the, the idea, I guess, um, that, that I'm getting at with that is I, I want to be able to share these the stories behind some of these songs. And so um, I've, I've mentioned in another interview as well, but currently working on a video, uh, just going song by song through the whole album and just explaining the backstory. And for some people, that'll probably be something that they are not interested in at all. They just want to listen to the, the song. They want to listen to the words. They want to hear the melodies. For other people, um, maybe they are really really excited about that and they care more about that than they do about just listening to the song so yeah it'll uh, go through track by track and um for some of them i even have visual aids i learned something from my sixth grade uh public speaking class so um I, i'm excited about that i've been kind of putting together an outline for that and so that right when the album comes out um be able to share that and and then people don't have to send us um a million facebook messages asking what every song is about it can and, and watch did you did you get that did you get that general idea to like put out those um like track by track explanations from anybody because it, it reminds me of of another band that i have definitely uh listened to that that did that and they released track by track explanations of the lyrics and that band was uh wolves oh, at the cool. I'd, have, have you seen any of, their, any of their videos that he put out track by I track? i have not but we we really like wolves at the gate We uh we 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 played with them at Audio Feed last summer, yeah. and uh, we we uh I it was the first time in a minute I can't remember if I've had either. And but we were always huge fans of their stuff, and um, their guitarist jumped in and started singing one of his parts, and we both just like looked at each other like, holy crap! <laughs> like these guys are insane. They sound exactly like their record live. It's it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, Steve. Yeah, Steve Cabucci put out he put out those YouTube videos. He's super talented. Yeah, I I know we also have a a super shared affinity all of us uh, for for Dustin Kinsrew. <clears throat> he did a really similar he did a really similar thing with with Carry the Fire. Um, 
we filmed it all out where I grew up actually. Awesome. Uh, just like going through each track. I think, really cool. I think, uh, for me personally, um, you know, to try to try to put everything that you want to say into a three and a half or four minute song or whatever it happens to be, um, is sometimes difficult. And there are lyrics. I mean, I'll put, I have, uh, I have it right here actually. So this is the lyrics journal that I used. Um, and, uh, you know, right through the, um, the album and you'll see like things are scratched out and um because they get into the this, into the studio and it's like you don't actually have time to deliver that whole bit that whole sentence you're gonna have to cut it down and 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 make it a bit more poetic and um i think you know as an artist you always get nervous that that your your purpose can get your your the meaning uh can get lost or misinterpreted or something like that and so i've never done anything like this before but um I'm really excited to do it this time um, and and just kind of have that as a reference for people that 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 are interested and for the people who just want to listen to the track and put it on their Spotify playlist and, and you know, go for a run or something. That's totally fine, too. Um, you know, we're up for we're there for whoever. Uh, I think we were all wondering. I as you touch on those themes. I think, you know, you got a lot of head nodding as <laughs> you're talking about a lot of the things. And I think that <clears throat> bands in uh you know throughout the genre and neighboring genres i think bands that are uh have a connection to you know sharing their faith in any way through their music um these are like reconciliatory times it feels like uh, and, and like that is something i know i care very deeply about and so do the other guys um the name of the band is fascinating and it's it goes back so it's not like it's necessarily you know sprung out of like these current feelings right but it's it's a striking name when you see it on a bill and i wonder like what is the intentionality what is the background of it and how maybe do you feel like it's received now yeah so we uh before we started like i said i was working on this writing project um and that that there was a concept in the in the writing project it wasn't a, it wasn't a title um at that time it was just a concept um basically a, a character who was just feeling um like they had slipped into a very rote and mundane existence and had always pictured themselves up until that point and until that realiz- realization as a person who would start you know what he calls um in the narrative, an American arson, uh, sort of this this idea that we all have the ability, we all have a spark inside of us that we we have a choice of what to do with that. We can we can pass that on to the next person um, and ignite others, um, or we can we can keep it to ourselves and and just allow it to to light you know give light and heat to us. Um, and that concept, you know, jumped out to, um, at me as I was starting this this band, um, because I think that's what we all want. All of us who share our music and share lyrics is we all want to um, to be able to to share that spark and to not keep it in. Um, and sometimes that spark can be violent and. Um, destructive, not destructive in a negative way, but maybe destructive to the ideas that we have, um, that we just needed somebody else to shed a little bit of light on that. I know me personally, um, 
the things that I've changed my mind on over the last 10 years um, have, have been, uh, you know, quite profound. And, and um, if, if there was nobody to share that spark with me, I don't know if I would have done that. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely not like an anti-government type thing. It's not like a, you know, burn it all down kind of thing. Um, and I've told people in the past that it'll make more sense when this writing project is complete, but now, you know, I've opened up, I've opened up on it more since, uh, since really wondering to myself if this is ever going to get done. Um, but now we have a quarantine and so maybe it will, and, and people can dive into that a little bit more, but yeah, that's the basic concept is, is we all have a spark and it's up to us what we want to do with it. And, and, you know, Jesse and I through this band would prefer to ignite as, as many other people as possible. I will say, I will say you just, you just put out the bundles on, on the site yeah. the merch, merch tab. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get the vinyl and like, Oh, the hat's sick. And then like, and it's no commentary honestly it's like a lot of people <laughs> have like the little american flag or the thin blue line flag right 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 st sticker like under the mirror on their truck yeah and yeah, i was yeah, like I <laughs> and, and and i was like i'm gonna get i'm gonna get a couple of american arson stickers i'm gonna put them underneath the mirror on my truck because the logo is <laughs> it's incredible there you the go. logo is logo. incredible like it's so simple and great and i was like or am i gonna get my car keyed because people are gonna like misinterpret <laughs> yeah but but Jesse, we, you gotta tell him that we, comment that we got. Which the one? one about the logo? There's been so many. Somebody somebody uh, said we somebody said uh, this band is a statement. Band. These thousands of comments I've replied to over the past yeah this of this days. one this one in particular the guy said um he had actually so he he saw our unbreakable video and he commented a po a positive comment on that and that must have sent him on a deep dive on the rest of our stuff. Oh and yeah he yeah, said. No, uh, no. He said, oh, this band is a Satanist band because they have um, the logo oh, yeah. symbolizes the flame of hell oh, uh, ruling for America. So because it's up, it's up top in the corner. <laughs> so I just we just uh, we just made a joke. I was like, ah, no, man, not a, not a Satanist band. It's just, um, you know, it's just the two words that make up our logo. The, the fire is the arson part and the and the flag is the American part. It's just the logo. That's all. Nothing more than a logo. So um yeah, but we've had we've had some people ask us before. We had a guy come up and say like, "Are you guys are you guys anti-American?" And um, and then we've had some other people who thought we were like, uh, you know, trying to be a like super patriotic band by by having <laughs> that logo. So um, no, it's 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 not. It doesn't happen too much. Most people make just. I mean, just kind of like you guys did. We'll just ask the question or like just kind of like joke about it a little bit or something like that. Most of the times, the comments aren't too too serious or i don't think people or if they do they don't say it as often as they think it but um it's you know every now and then you'll get the occasional fanatic that'll uh <laughs> it's more entertaining than anything like i said i get a kick out of trolling people so it's it's fun to kind of lead them down their own rabbit hole a little bit and be like oh yeah yeah so what, i mean what do you think about that like <laughs> just just hear what they have to say but you know it's it's i mean it, in one sense it's cool that people want to ask the question i guess <laughs> and actually find out for themselves if if anything um like you said like even if even if we don't have you know agreeing views or whatever if someone wants to find out the meaning behind an artist that's that's cool to me so even if someone misinterprets it we don't 
necessarily take it personally. So I, we don't want to take too much more of you guys' time. This has been oh, amazing to have you. Uh, I do wonder, you know, this, these are weird times, um, but, and the record's coming out, maybe like a little bit about like the when and where, um, and then what's next? Like, can't necessarily go tour the album. Um, I'm sure you've had, I'm <laughs> sure you've had some dates canceled and stuff like that or postponed. Um, so what's, what's the next, what's the next step? Well, uh, well, we're kind of just in the, the same wait and see boat as everyone. I mean, we have, so we had, the album comes out July 3rd. Um, we had a long, long release tour scheduled around that. Like we had a multi, multi-week release tour, um, a huge chunk of the U.S. Like it was going to be sweet. Um, we had a band on board with it um, to come on the road with us. And then obviously that had to get dropped. Um and then we also had, I mean, a part of that was a, a few major festivals, um, couple which had been announced, like we announced Life Fest and uh, Creation and, and stuff like that. But there was others that we hadn't announced yet um, that also had to get either canceled or postponed. Luckily, a couple of those are still trying to make it work. Like Life Fest has moved theirs. Um, and then like Audio Feed has moved theirs to September um, or September, I believe, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Creation just postponed until next year, same lineup. Um, but you know, it's kind of a wait and see thing at this point. We we've we've got a few more. We re- rescheduled a few of those original tour dates, um, kind of for the last week of August and a couple weeks into September. Very tentatively, we haven't officially announced any of the fall shows just because. At this point, we realized we could wake up tomorrow and they could be like, all right, guys, it's all over. We got a vaccine now. Like, you're good to go. Like, you know, party's back on. <laughs> or it could be another 10 to 12 months before, you know, a couple hundred people are allowed back in a room. Luckily enough, we don't usually have more than a handful in our room. So <laughs> we'll probably be allowed back before most bands. But um, no, it's it's kind of a all up in the air right now it'll um we're we're anxious we'll be on the road whenever we're allowed to be um i guess is the best way to say that <laughs> is a lot of that through face down or are you guys uh doing handling a lot of the promotion stuff and booking yourself face down's awesome they do so much for bands um most uh record labels don't get really involved in in the booking side of things um and face down's no different other than the fact that uh jason who runs the label is always willing to pass a message along to somebody um you know if, if he thinks that that'll help us to secure a booking or something like that so um we do we have you know worked with and talked with face down about our our plans um as you know uh touring after an album comes out is is sort of related to the release um uh but uh yeah at this point like jesse said we've 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 rescheduled a few things uh unfortunately there's no way to reschedule the entire tour because logistically we can't just move you know pick pick it up from one place and drop it in another place especially since we were using the we also we also have full-time jobs at home so or at least right now you know obviously a different situation but we have other careers so we're not one of those bands that's just you know, that's big enough to be able to just, the second things open back up, just leave for 
three, four weeks at any given time of the year, we kind of have our windows that we can work within. Well, and the festivals as well were, um, they were major anchor points and the, the tour actually went uh, from festival to festival. Um, and those were the, the weekends um, essentially. Uh, and so, you know, without that consistency, it's going to be difficult, but um, you know, who knows, even if it's next, even if it's next summer, whatever it happens to be, uh, we'll make sure that we get out there and it, it would be great if um, Life Fest and Audio Feed can still happen. Um, right now, uh, they are scheduled for uh, August and September, respectively. I don't know if if those will, but if they do, we will be there. Um, and like Jesse said, we'll also have a few uh, shows um, that we'll announce, um, unfortunately, for our friends in other places in, in the in the U.S., those are mostly going to be confined to the Midwest um, because, uh, you know, obviously just with the uncertainty, it's really difficult to book outside of that. So we've talked about doing some stuff in November. Uh, we've talked about um, maybe not being able to do stuff until next year. So we're just kind of in the same boat as everybody else, just doing the wait and see thing. Yeah. How can, uh, how can fans or, or listeners support you guys right now? Streaming, uh, pre-ordering is huge. Um, yeah. You know, I know some people have reservations about the whole streaming, you know, uh, platform and and stuff like that. And you know, it's understandable. Um, there's there's definitely. I mean, if you if you want to give the most money to the artist, pre-ordering or downloading slash purchasing a hard copy online is the best way. But streaming really does help, and as much as there you know hopefully will be some steps forward in terms of how much the artists get directly from that in a monetary sense um the numbers there are huge um i don't think people the general public at least realize truly how much not just labels but people that are booking shows festivals all those kinds of places um uh publications look directly at uh, Spotify specifically to see how, you know, a band's doing on Spotify. Um, and that can affect, you know, if someone sees that a band's blowing up on Spotify, getting a ton of streams, we may get a bigger guarantee at a festival spot. You know, they may give us more money to come play there. We may get a better slot on a tour. Um, but, you know, as far as, as directly supporting an artist in a financial sense, um, you know, it's tough times for everyone right now, but um, if people are able to pre-ordering the album is huge. Um, that's right on the, you know, we have a link on pretty much all our social media that'll give you options to do all those things and hitting the pre-order button and going to merch now and buying some of those, those stickers, even, you know, like you were yeah. mentioning, you know, it is a, is a big help every little bit of it. Yeah. And, and that's a limited run, correct? On like, uh, I know the vinyl I think is limited. Yeah. The vinyl, the vinyl is limited. Um, the, the 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 merch uh we're not sure i mean every everything has a everything has a you know a limit but um uh, yeah not not as exclusive as the vinyl there but then also people you know what people can just um can just share the stuff when it comes out um yeah we have uh can't really give a whole lot uh, away but unbreakable won't be the only single um before the album drops and so when you see more stuff from us, if you can 
you can share it if you if you listen to it and you know that there's somebody that you know who might like it that that's one thing that we've really seen with the unbreakable videos the amount of people who've gone into the comments and just tagged a friend um and said man i really think so and so would like this yeah even if you don't like it just tag yeah. someone who will like, <laughs> you do see it. comments like that all over, over the video we we legit have people just say like, eh, I'm not I'm not really into this, but I think I have a friend who will, and then tag their friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. We had one one guy said, uh, um, tagged his friend and said, "Is this the kind of music that you like? It's it's a little soft for me. But it's okay." <laughs> it's it like, sort of reminds me of, of cool. what my wife said just the other day. I was I was listening to uh, a few of your tracks, and uh, I was like, "Hey, Leanne, ch-, uh, my wife's name is Leanne." I was like, "Hey, check check this band out there." awesome and she was her main comment was like yeah this sounds like a band that that you love (laughs) (laughs) this sounds exactly like what you listen to all the time (laughs) yeah yeah we know we are very very aware that we are not for everyone uh and that's totally fine we are not one of those bands that will get offended by that but man i i almost think that's even cooler if, if you if you don't love something but you see the potential in it for somebody that you know um, and and you still spread it. Um, that's super cool to me. I, I don't know that I would do that. So that's really cool. Guys, well, thank you. We will uh, we'll hit you up as we uh, as we get closer to it. Sounds good. Thank Thanks, you guys, guys very much. Absolutely. See you later. Hey guys, we want to uh, thank our our friends from American Arson for coming on the show. And uh, we want to encourage you guys, the album comes out tomorrow, July 3rd. Uh, It's available on all streaming sites. um, And we'll share some links to their music tree so that you can download, buy vinyl, um, get some merch, some cool like jackets and hats and t-shirts and stuff they have out. Uh, Maybe a sticker with that questionable logo on it. I know know my pre-order is already in the mail on its way to my house. So that's awesome. (laughs) Look forward to it. Um, So thanks for spending time with us on The Punk Tree. Uh, We will leave you with the first single off the new record, um, Align the Sand. The song is called Unbreakable. Be excellent to each other.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 